From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up. Uh, presents Danny Fleck in his weekly spot as we get ready for AFC and NFC Championship weekend. Good morning, Danny. Morning. Would you rather this be two games in the same day or one on each day? I, I think I prefer the schedule the way it is. Uh, I, you know, I love, like, when they moved the, the game last week, the divisional matchups to three and six. Um, you know, after watching 17 weeks of football and getting a primetime game, it's nice to have that, you know, primetime-ish game on Sundays. So I, I like the way the schedule has been changed to and the way it is on Championship Sunday at 3 o'clock, 6.30. Time slot is good, especially on the East Coast. You're not up till midnight or whatever watching the game. So I like the two games in one day. Uh, all right. Uh, before we get to these uh, two games, um, number one, we obviously need to cover next week. Do you have any insight into the virtual Pro Bowl next week and which side you think is going to have the better advantage? <laughs> I didn't know they were doing something virtual. To be honest with you, that's how little I, I care about the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yes, they decided uh, they have to for contract reasons uh, because of players' contracts related to Pro Bowl appearances. They needed to do something. Nobody wanted to participate. Everybody agreed on that. So they decided to do a virtual Pro Bowl, which is why it's being described as a Pro Bowl celebration. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I'll look at the, the footage after it happens. I don't think I'm going to be tuning into that. <laughs> But as somebody who plays Madden a lot, you're not interested yourself or, or just not interested enough to sit down for a bunch of hours and watch it? Well, I, I just don't know if I have uh, the ability to say to myself, all right, I'm going to commit my time to watching this virtual performance. I think there are a lot of other things I can do with my time. Um, in all seriousness, as you sit here and look at uh, the news of the week. Number one, Bill O'Brien goes back to um, uh, Bama to replace uh, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, to, to replace Steve Sarkeesian, who's moving to Texas. And then you get Matt Patricia who's going to go back to um, the the Patriots. These moves that happen on all levels and all you know different kinds and varieties have any stuck out to you? I'm not surprised by either move. Um, and to throw in Alabama, too, Doug Marone got hired there as like their offensive line coach. Um, Alabama's become sort of a coaching rehab. You know, for all these coaches, both professionally and collegiately, that flamed out in their prior stops and then go to Alabama, stay there for a couple of years, work with the best talent that they could possibly work with. Uh, work with one of the best coaches in the league, uh, in, not in the league, sorry, in college football history. I have the ability then to say, hey, look at my resume. I coached, you know, the best five-star prospect in the country, and we won X, you know, amount of national championship games. Let me get another job, whether that's in the NFL or in college as a head coach. I think for me, when I look at the hires and, and the way that they're done, I just think it's, you know, a bigger systematic issue that we, we find in, in hiring processes in the NFL and college. These retreads that, you know, have either done ter- terribly at their last job because they lost a lot, that's why they were fired, or they're just not a fit for, for the 
transition to Bay Health. You look at Bill O'Brien, you know, he, he was a head coach in college, went to the Texans, ran that franchise into the ground. In most industries, a guy like that isn't getting another job. Um, Doug Moreau, on the other hand, you know, he had a couple of good years in Jacksonville, but overall was just not a head coaching material. And then Matt Patricia was an abomination up in Detroit. And yet these people are able to still get jobs while, you know, other up-and-coming coaches or, you know, minority candidates aren't interviewed or given that opportunity. So I, I think while it's not a surprise, you know, it's a problem that still will stay around in these leagues because it's more about who you know than what you do, unfortunately, sometimes in the NFL and in college. And from my perspective, I'd like to see some of these programs, some of these, um, you know, teams invest more in younger talent and more diverse candidates and have the ability then to coach them up and give them opportunities to move forward. But, you know, I'm sure Bill O'Brien in two or three years will be getting a head coaching job in college and, you know, they'll be – Ruining another another franchise or, or, or program along the way too, and that's where the name Eric Bieniemy always comes into play as to why this guy who has coached Patrick uh, Patrick Mahomes to such greatness for these last couple of years is still out there. Um, it's not like he's somebody like Tom Moore who wanted to stay with Peyton forever. Um, he's interviewed for a thousand jobs and hasn't gotten any of them. So. Yeah, it's disappointing. You, you'd like to see these teams take, you know, I get it. It's tough to take a risk on an unproven commodity, somebody who maybe hasn't coached before. But I think when you look at some of these candidates that have been passed up, you know, like the enemy comes to mind, you know, that, you know, what else does he have to do to get an opportunity? You know, he, he's been with Andy Reid for a handful of years now. We've seen Andy Reid. You know, the coaching tree, they had the success, you know, Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson have flamed out a bit, but you would think that he's done everything possible to possibly get another job, and he still has it. Maybe he doesn't want it, you know, maybe he looked at the Texans, he looked at the Eagles, and was like, why do I want to put myself in that crappy situation? But, you know, he would have been a great fit for Sandy, uh, for the Chargers, you know, in my opinion, you know, he, he would have been able to work with... Uh, you know, Justin Herbert, and they have a lot of skill players there, but, you know, they ultimately went in a different direction as well. But I guess for me it comes down to, you know, what else do these guys have to do to get this job? And I don't know if the enemy is going to get another opportunity next year. We've seen how guys like Josh McDaniels, that, whose star had risen, had fallen so quickly, and he's barely getting interviews now for these types of positions. Danny Fleck is with us here on Teeing It Up. All right, let's start in on this. Um, three and a half points is the line. 52 is the over-under. Two to four inches of snow today into tomorrow morning. Uh, the winter weather advisory for Green Bay ends at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. This game is at 3.05 Eastern, 2.05 Central for Brady versus Rodgers. Bucks. Versus Packers. Um, I look at this game um, from a very simple perspective, which is can Tom Brady hold on to the football? You and I both know that at times Brady makes these playoff turnovers and interceptions that you're like, wait, that's not the greatest of all time. Where did that come from? Um, To me, this is going to be more a question of turnovers 
and can people hold on to the football, make catches, not drop the football than it is any one player shining over somebody else? Where's your head at on this game as you look at it from a 50,000-foot level? Yeah, I mean, you look at their first matchup this year. Green Bay got out to a quick 10 nothing lead. Looks like they were in control of that game. And then for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, he threw a pick six and an interception on the next drive that led to 14 unanswered points for Tampa Bay, and they sort of unraveled after that. You know, a lot's been made of, you know, that game that, you know, Tampa was able to destroy the Packers. But I think the game flow took the Packers out of that game after they were the better team for the first, you know, 15, you know, 18 minutes of that game. I think it hit the nail on the head with turnovers. You know, Tampa Bay played a great game last week. We're able to force turnovers, have short fields, put the emphasis on, you know, Drew Brees to throw the ball downfield. They can't do that against Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers can't throw the ball downfield. He can't get out of the pocket. He does have weapons that, you know, allow him to, to have his skill sets be on full display. I think the important thing for Green Bay is can they run the ball? Can they have some play action involved? We know Tampa Bay has a great run defense. And on the other side of the ball with Tom Brady is he's instilled this new culture down there in Tampa Bay, and this is the ultimate test. And I'm not saying it's because it's a championship game, but all of the other elements that come into it. You know, you have a team traveling up north that is traditionally a warm weather team. I think Tampa Bay's record as a franchise in games under 40 degrees is, is abysmal. Tom Brady has the experience playing in these types of games, in this type of atmosphere, in that type of weather. Can the other team rally around it? You know, can a guy like Mike Evans, who probably never played in a cold game like this, wear off you know the element to be able to perform? You know, like you mentioned, can they you know not have mental mistakes like drop balls or fumbles or bad snaps, whatever it is? It's an interesting game. I think the line's about right. I, I think it's a toss-up. I, I, I think if Green Bay is able to get out to a, you know, a, a decent lead, they might have the advantage here. But the thing is, neither quarterback going to sit back there and take sacks or ruin drives that way. So I, I don't think a lead is insurmountable for either team. Uh, so for me, it really comes down to you know, which team is executing the best, who's the most efficient, who has the run game going. And, you know, who is able to convert inside the red zone? I don't think field goals are going to be winning this game. If you're getting inside 20, inside the, you know, 10, you have to be able to convert those into touchdowns. And I think, for me, it comes down to whoever has the ball last. I really do think this game is going to be a one-possession game in the fourth quarter, with two of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen play. Obviously, we know everything Tom Brady's done, but for Aaron Rodgers, can he step up and have that signature win that he hasn't had in the last, like, 10 years? Yep, and try to get closer to his ultimate goal, which, as you know, Danny, is to be announced as Jeopardy, uh, on Jeopardy as a guest host as a two-time Super Bowl champion. That's his number one goal right now, right? It it has to be. I mean, (laughs) he's had some weird press conferences this week, you know, saying that he's living in the present, he's not worried about his legacy, and and blah, blah, blah. When he looks on the other side of the field, he's looking at a guy who's a killer. Probably a killer. Yes, he's not what he was five years ago, but he's still been able to perform at high levels. You see what he's done in these types of games. Let's go back two years ago when he went to Kansas City and they were underdogs and he was able to pull it off and I thought played one of his best games in his career. That was a tough game for them to win and they were able to do that. Tom Brady's not going to let his foot off the gas. He's going to come after them. 
and the Packers' defense is at a little bit of a disadvantage in that case because no defensive coordinator can really stop Tom Brady unless Tom Brady stops himself. Yeah. So I think if you're Rodgers, you have to go into this game with that killer mentality, being like, I'm not going to let this guy beat us. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that we're in a successful position. And I want to come out of this game as the better quarterback. Because right now with the toss-up, I know he's going to win MVP and everything else like that, but that was during the regular season. If Tom Brady wins tomorrow, he, in my opinion, would be the best quarterback this year in the NFC because he got to the Super Bowl. Um, any impact on Antonio Brown not being there? Not really. And I know people are going like, to say that it is, but I think when I look at the depth of their skill position players, with Evan, Godwin, Cameron Brace had a couple of big games here in the playoffs. Gronkowski has not been utilized, I don't think, uh, as much for his offense um, in the last couple of weeks. And I think that's been on purpose. I think they've gone against two good defensive lines where they've realized they need to be able to protect and get the run game going. I think... Gronkowski will have a better opportunity this week to run some more pass patterns to be a factor. And he will get some of the, the other people they have, like Scotty Miller, who had a huge catch last week on a third down. And Tyler Johnson, who's a rookie wide receiver, that also had a huge catch on a third down last week to keep um, that drive going that puts him up, up 27-20. So, from my perspective, I think Tampa Bay has plenty of offensive weapons. And again, can they afford, can they not make those mental mistakes. Some of these players that haven't had all these reps, are they able to be in the right place at the right time? Does Don Brady trust them you know, in key situations? Because I think Evans is going to have a tough matchup with Alexander. Godwin should be the beneficiary of that, but these other guys have to step up as well. Exactly. Can you make the double move and be in the right spot <clears throat> for Brady to throw it to you there? Uh, Danny Flecka with us here on Teeing It Up. All right, Chiefs, Bills, Let's just go back to last week for a second. When you see Mahomes go down and they've got to, you know, execute this final drive and they've got the lead and you've you've got to make these first downs, what's your thought when Henny first runs for it on third down and then throws for it on fourth down? Yeah, I wasn't – I was surprised that they threw it on fourth down. Um, I wasn't surprised that they were aggressive because that's the way Andy Reid is. You know, he knew that – Cleveland was in a situation with their timeout that even if they got the ball back, they were going to be rushed. I thought Cleveland did a terrible job of managing the clock the last 10 minutes of the game. Um, it allowed Kansas City to, to be in position to go for it. But when you're Andy Reid, you have to have confidence in what it is that you coach. They ran a great play there, a quick, a quick speed out with Tyreek Hill underneath for two yards. All he needed to do was get past the six. He did. And he had an easy throw, clear pocket, throw it from, clear vision, no one in front of him. Um, so I thought that play call, while I don't know if I would have done it, was was it the best of a play call if you, as you could have had in that situation. And then you have to give your you know credit to, to Henny for making them be in a position to be able to go for it there. You know, obviously that scramble was huge, you know, getting 50 out of the 16 yards they needed. Um, to put themselves in that position, but I think it's just a testament to Andy Reid and his confidence in this team to be able to execute the play that he's calling. Yes, absolutely, and that's where, you know, your time as a backup quarterback and all those meetings pays off, um, and just paying attention, taking the reps that you do get in practice and going from there. All right, facing Buffalo this week, three-point line, 54 and a half. Um, is the over-under. We've got uh, a, a chance of rain showers. Uh, the temperature's not the issue. It's going to be a chance of rain showers, though, 
off and on and getting steadier as, as the night goes on. Remember, this is a 640 kick. This is not a 430 kick. This is a 640 kick. So um, that could be a factor in that sense. Um, if you're Buffalo and you win the toss, do you defer just to kind of see how Mahomes actually is? I think if you're Buffalo, you have to be confident in what it is you're going to be doing. I think it's always best to, to maybe have your offense out there in these types of games uh, to be able to execute and not change your game plan. So if your game plan is set and you are comfortable in it, if you have the opportunity to start off with the ball, I don't see why you don't. Uh, I, I sometimes fear for like these coaches that are in these situations for the first time, that as soon as they go down, they're going to abandon what it is they had practice all week for, um, but it's not a bad idea, right? Mahomes, you know, everything's been made about his concussion, but I think his foot injury could be more of a factor because we saw how he played last year when he had his ankle injury, and it wasn't great. So maybe you do want to see what Mahomes looks like first before you adjust you know, defensively what it is you're going to be doing to attack him. Um, but I think if you're Buffalo and you win the toss and you're comfortable in your game plan, why not take the ball? you know, be able to drive down the field, potentially get some points, and then, like, Kansas City be the one that's adjusting before you are. It's, it's a great point, and, and as somebody who has played flag football, um, and, and has played flag football at a high level, again, we are not trying to compare the NFL and flag football, but Danny has played quarterback in flag football for a long time. What does an issue, uh, sorry, what does an injury to your big toe cause? What kind of issues does that present to a quarterback? It's all about footwork, right? Anytime you have a foot injury, it's about your stability, you know, to be able to do things. Can you push off of it to get the, you know, arm power behind the throws that you need to get? Are you using, you know, are you compensating for your hips with your hips and, you know, opening up? And, you know, what that what happens with that is that your your shoulder drops. When your shoulder drops, your throws become less accurate. So listen, Mahomes is a freak. You know, he can make throws from any arm angle. But eventually that those mechanics need to be in place in order to deliver the ball where you need to get it. So I think that's a concern, you know, if I'm looking at that type of injury. Another thing is, you know, can he push off to get outside of the pocket? You know, if they're if the pocket's collapsing, can he, you know, roll out and then be comfortable enough to, you know, reset and make those throws that he has to make or even get the, the couple of yards that he needs to get to for, you know, a first downer to stay positive and get it down a distance. So that foot injury is, is a nuisance. I, I don't know how serious it is. He looked a little bit hobbled before he got hurt with the, the concussion or stinger or whatever it was that he, he had. But I think that's what my concern would be as a Chiefs fan is, is his mobility, you know, going to be a factor? If it is, is he still going to be able to sit in the pocket and make the throws that he's been making all year? As I look at this Bills team, the you know they 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 didn't run a lot versus Baltimore. Um, as 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 much as I thought they would in the way that I thought they would, and it's going to be very interesting to see how much is Josh Allen running versus how much is Devin Singletary running versus how much is it plays you know little plays. Things so like Dawson Knox as a way to try to shorten the game and run time off the clock. That's kind of what Cleveland was trying to do. They didn't execute it to perfection. But is shortening the game against the Chiefs the way to go here? I think it's an interesting strategy, and I'll be very curious to see 
how aggressive they get with both Josh Allen and Devin Singletary. Yeah, and I thought last week Buffalo's game plan was really interesting. After I watched it for a bit, I, I figured out why they did it. And it's because Baltimore is a team that was, one, really good at defending the run. We saw they did it against Derrick Henry. But two, I think the factor came in that Buffalo was like, if we're able to throw the ball, move the ball down the field, get a lead, we can force Baltimore to be uncomfortable. And that's not the case this week, right? You can't, I don't think Kansas City is going to turtle if they get down. We know how explosive they, they are. I think Buffalo needs to be a little more balanced this week, if only for what you just said, sort of shortening game a bit, putting the pressure on the Chiefs that when they do get the ball, they speed it up a bit in order to, to stay within the game. So I do think Buffalo needs to be a little bit more balanced this week. And I know that they lost Zach Moss early in the playoffs. Devin Singletary isn't a guy you're going to give a ball to, you know, 20 times a game. But I do think that they need to figure out ways to be creative to get those sort of, you know, run plays into there. Whether that is, you know, tight end screens, wide receiver screens, running back screens, um, you know, QB option plays, you know, the RPO style, getting Josh Allen outside the pocket. Obviously, you don't want to put Josh Allen in harm's way and be down, you know, be down with him and have your backup quarterback in there. But I do think they need to get creative. And, and keep that balance there because I think if Buffalo's throwing the ball, you know, 40 times tomorrow in bad weather potentially with some, you know, wind and rain, that it's a recipe for disaster. I think you want to be able to be efficient with your with your pass plays, get digs out in space, use Cole Beasley in the slot for those short intermediate routes, maybe take some shots with John Brown. But I do think the more balanced approach is the way I would be approaching this game, just keeping Kansas City off their toes a bit and, and forcing Kansas City to play the entire field rather than just sitting back and forcing Josh Allen to beat them with their arm. I don't think that's an option um, that Buffalo wants to speak, not because Josh Allen can't do it, but because I think they want to try to limit the you know, potential for mistakes. I'm live producing here, which is never easy to do. Is there an update on Clyde Edwards-Alaire? I think what I saw yesterday was that he was questionable. So I think it's going to be him and uh, and Williams in the backfield. I saw that Bell was out. Um, so, again, Kansas City doesn't have much of a run game either, too. So it's going to be interesting to see how they approach this. Because when I played Buffalo back in week five or six, they ran for almost 250 yards. Yeah. And Edwards Hilaire was a, a big piece of that. But I don't put too much stock into that because that game was a weird game. And, you know, it was a reschedule of a game that was supposed to be, I think, a Sunday nighter, too. So, um, that one, I don't know how much Edwards Hilaire can carry the ball. I don't know if Kansas City wants to run traditionally you know, 25 run plays in a game either. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how he can contribute to the game, considering what he did against Buffalo, you know, back earlier in the season. So, here's why I bring that up. Do you think this is a wide receiver screen, a wide receiver reverse, a Tyree Kill type game? And if they can get Sammy Watkins back, same thing. Try to do running plays, quote-unquote, in weird ways to help Mahomes? Or do you think this is the regular Chiefs offense? I think it's the regular Chiefs offense, and all that stuff is part of it, right? Those yeah. receivers, those uh, jet motion cut passes with the wide receiver in front of the quarterback. Uh, you know, with, with Hill and Mikkel Hardman. So I think that's going to stay the same. I don't think that the Chiefs are going to really deviate a lot from their game plan and what's made them successful. I think what is eliminated for the Chiefs potentially is that those opportunities to get Mahomes outside the pocket on some of those 
RPO plays, there's QB scramble plays. So I think that it's going to be more traditionally, you know, from the pocket perhaps, um, which I think does limit Kansas City a bit. But the way to offset that is to have a traditional run game. So if the Kansas City Chiefs can have a traditional run game and keep, uh, you know, the Buffalo linebackers still for a bit, then I think that they're going to be okay. But if, I, I think if their run game is completely eliminated, Mahomes might have some issues with that toe is a problem. Um, I'm, talking to, I'm talking to Danny Flecky here on Teeing It Up, and I, I should have mentioned Hardman because he's a huge part of this game. The fact that both of these games, uh, sorry, uh, such a huge weapon for them, the fact that both of these games are within three, three and a half points, I would run away from both of these uh, from a, a, a gambling perspective. Are you also running away? Yeah, I mean, I've been debating all week which way to go. It's been tough for me to see which side. Excuse me, it's the best, best side to back here. From a gambling perspective, I did, I did play some bets. They're a little bit different than what I usually do. I did teasers with the dogs and, um, and the under. So I pushed the Tampa Bay and Buffalo to plus nine and uh, the under to like 58 for the Tampa game and 60 for the KC game. I think there's some value and some props out there. So I think I took... Uh, both Darren Rodgers and Tom Brady and they're under for passing yards. Um, I took Josh Allen under in passing yards and just up around 303. And I took Gronk over 30.5 yards receiving and under Aaron Jones 61.5 yards rushing. So to me, that just kind of shows you know where I'm at with what I think these games are going to be. I think they're going to be grind them out type of games. We know that both all these teams can score. But in these types of games, things tend to get a little bit tighter, and things tend to be a little more conservative. Um, but I think all these teams have trust in, in what they do. I think it's going to be, again, last ball situation for both teams. If you're looking to vet teams straight up, I think, you know, guns to my head, I like Tampa Bay plus three and a half because they have that extra half a point. And I like Kansas City minus three just because of the Mahomes factor. I know he could be limited. But this is his third straight AFC Championship game. He's been behind in these games before. Both times he's come back and either forced overtime or won the game outright. So I'm going to take the experience that Andy Reid and Mahomes have had the last two years over the Bills uh, tomorrow. Does Sun J.M. get his second PGA Tour win this weekend, or does Abraham Answer get his first? Well, I would hate for Answer to get it. We picked him last week and he didn't even make the cut. That is true. That is true. I think Hadwin made it on the number, if I'm not mistaken. I forgot to look that up before starting the show. You can see the American Express Live next two days, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on uh, Golf Channel. Uh, Danny Flecka on on teeing it up. There was something else I was going to say. It it escaped me. That's okay. Um, It'll come back another day and another time. uh, let's see. One and done pools are so hard, folks. Like, it's, you have to find the right person at the right moment and build a lead um, and then try to, to figure out a way where you can slowly build this thing up and get it to a point where long-term you feel comfortable, yet at the same time take a couple chances. Yep. Couple nice birdies, shot 66. Is it six under, five back, T26? 
Who's that? That's for our guy Adam Hadwin this week. Hey, just get in the money. That's all I ask for when we pick these guys. Yep. Just keep going. Just keep going in a positive direction. Get one or two wins, and you're in it till the end. He's Danny Flecker. He's on. Uh, he's on a lot of things, but <laughs> that came off wrong. Danny Flecker comes on teeing it up a lot. To talk about various things, and he's on one scene in the preview NFL Championship Conference Championship Weekend. Thank you, sir. We'll see you if not next week in two weeks. Sounds good, my man. Have a good weekend. You got it, and same to all of you out there.